Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 129 of Season 3 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee-ki our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action film Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again is Richard Kirkham, the current host of the Lambcast and the author of the website Kirkham, a movie a day. Welcome back to the show, Richard. Welcome to the party, Rob. I'm ba- I'm glad to be back. <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> See, I don't even have any quips to use from the script because there is no script at this point. We're continuing to talk about credits. So minute 129 begins with the credit for the stewardess, played by Stella Hall, and ends with the credit for two grips. So basically, we're continuing with the credits. We're still in the middle of the cast. You know, the the, the way that things, uh, you know, move down the screen or up the screen. So the the first credit we hear have here is the stewardess played by Stella Hall, who for anyone uh, paying attention or anyone who knows the book, the the stewardess has a very pivotal um, role in the, the the novel, but in the movie they just give us a quick little uh, you know glimpse of her, where she like sort of flirts with John. There's even a deleted scene where she's where she actually uh, you know flirts with him. In the movie they decide to just give us a little look. <laughs> is is great for people like me who have read the book and know that there is some sort of connection there, but it's unfortunate that it didn't go a little further by having the character still be a part of of the story. Now, obviously, in the novel, because the the character is in he's an older uh, he's a retired policeman, so he's going to visit his daughter. So there's no problem with him being in contact with a woman. Uh, you know, and then building across the way, who or across uh, where is she? She's she's somewhere else in LA, and she's basically you know a stewardess who he keeps getting in touch with to, to get a little bit of help along the way. I I didn't know any of that backstory. That's what I'm used to doing on the Lambcast, by the way. I I try to stay out of people's way as much as possible, and only intrude when it's like, okay, let's move on. <laughs> right. Okay. That, that that's fair. You know, it, it makes sense that they they would do that. So Stella Hall, uh, you know, has uh, a few other credits. You know, she has eight acting credits according to IMDb. In the 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 most famous one that people would be be familiar with is she was in Scrooged, and she plays uh, Lou Hayward's secretary. <laughs> okay. So I I don't think people would know her from there. So again. We, as we were talking about yesterday, this is a bit part where uh, her role in Die Hard is probably her most famous one for someone who, you know, knows what the backstory, I guess you can say. I don't know. <laughs> and then we we have a few more uh, credits of, of the cast members. You know, I, I, I love that they have someone listed as girl in window. So that goes back to what I was saying before about, you know, that, that uh, you know, in a novel, he is trying to get in touch with people in a building across the way, you know, by by flashing a light in Morse code, you know, but uh, the people aren't really paying attention. But there is like a woman in the window across the way. So they, they found a way to integrate that into the movie also, even though, you know, we just see her for a few seconds, you know, in an apartment building uh, across the way. Uh, probably, if I remember correctly, it, not necessarily completely dressed. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, 
Uh, she only has four acting uh, credits. Uh, this is the most uh, popular one. She also has a uh, uh, credit on IMDb for for playing for singing a song on an episode of Full House, uh, singing the song "Rock and Robin." You know, she played someone named Vega on an episode in 1987 in Full House, on Full House. So she actually might that that might actually be more more familiar to people. I don't know, not me. I, I don't remember that that episode. Or I don't remember most of Full House. Doesn't really matter. Uh, and then we we continue and we we get the stunts. Now, did you count how many stuntmen there are? I did not. Okay, there, there are, are a lot. There are thirty four stuntmen that are listed here. Um, I'm not going to go through any of the names, but but what's more important at this point is that the as they start showing the stunts, the stuntmen. So two things happen in the credits. One, the the song "Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow" stops, and it starts giving us a a uh, musical cue. You know the 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 diehard sweet. Ode guess, to joy. Call it. It's Ode to joy, but it's it's uh, Michael Kamen's version of Ode to Joy, which is uh, changed a little bit for for diehard. Uh, but also the screen fades to black in the background. Up until then, we get to see. You know, Nakatomi in the background and, and all the, the, the destruction around there and stuff like that. So I, I, I think it's really cool that as they start showing the stunts, you know, as this, the, the list of stuntmen uh, go up, that's when that changes there. So like I said, there are uh, 34 stuntmen listed here. One of them is actually also the uh, guard who gets shot uh, by Carl. The, the second guard who gets shot by Carl with the Carl with the flash bomb, uh, played by uh, Fred Lerner. So I, I I always find it interesting when people have when people are credited multiple times in a movie. I mean, obviously there's a reason why they would credit them multiple times, but my memory is you know, in this I, I went to a, a presentation of Die Hard as a Christmas party one time at the mm -hmm. uh, Ace Hotel in Los Angeles, and they had several of the cast members there who had been terrorists and they oh, wow. instead of being actors they were actually stunt guys who became actors for the movie i thought they were all like uh you know uh, models they were like yeah no there were two <laughs> or three of them that were stunt guys and they said you know and they basically got cast as actors for that movie and and they did i think they did their own stunts so they didn't necessarily get a second credit as the stunt person they just got the credit as an actor. Right. I mean, there's there's even someone I just noticed right now that's listed here that we're going to come across later. So I'll, I'll I'll get to that later in this minute that he's credited again in a different place. But I, I find that interesting. Yeah, I guess maybe maybe it has to do with the union that they need to credit <laughs> them in both places. It's or, probably a contractual something. issue. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, that's what I would think. You know, there's also... You have an entire family that's that's listed here, uh, one after the other. You have four people from the same family. You have uh, Chuck uh, Pisserni Jr. Are these all drivers? Paul Pisserni Jr. No, they're all stuntmen. Okay, stuntmen. Okay. It says it says they're all. That's stuntmen. pretty typical. Um, Steve Pisserni, and then their their father is Charlie Pisserni, who is the stunt coordinator. You know, so that that I guess makes sense that you have the the father is <laughs> there. You go. The father is the stunt coordinator and, uh, you know, gives gives jobs to his uh, three sons. My three sons. 
Do 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 do. You and I will get that reference. Uh, I don't know if anybody else will. Well, well, I'm sure there's some people out there that will. You know, uh, any anyone who's a little bit older. Let's let's put it that way. <laughs> and then uh, right after that, we get a list of of the pilots. Okay, and there are six pilots that are listed here. Once again, uh, you know, you get a family. A family you get three three people from the same family. You have Charles Tamburo, Michael Tamburo, and Tony Tamburo, who are all, uh, uh, I guess, somehow related here. Yeah, that's not exactly. I, I guess common that name. I think that that would probably be, you know, twenty six thousand four hundred seventy sixth. <laughs> Actually, it would probably be even later. <laughs> Certainly after Gennaro. Uh, yeah, yeah, that would that would that would be my 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 guess too. I, I think you're right about that one. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's it's actually interesting to. I wonder if if IMDb will even tell us if it's how they're related. So okay, Charles Tamburo was also in Terminator Two: Judgment Day, Gone in sixty seconds, and Predator. Uh, he was also in The Rock. You know, he he basically wow. He actually was a helicopter pilot in 122 movies. So yeah, that's uh, and and then a stuntman in 54. And you know, in in 49 of those movies, he he had an uh, he had an acting position. Also, I guess that means he has something to say or something to do along the way. Here's he was in True Lies. Yeah, he's 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 a helicopter pilot in just about every one of these movies. Wow, that's just amazing. How many of them there are? And then you got uh, Michael Tamburo, who was born in 1957. So I guess he must be uh, Charlie Tamburo's brother because Charlie was born in 46. So, but Michael Tamburo, actually, uh, he was also in Predator, The Rock, Die Hard, True Lies. He, I guess he was, yeah, he's also a helicopter pilot listed in all of these. Um, unfortunately, he passed away in 1996. From a helicopter crash. You know, it, it doesn't list here in on IMDb what movie he was working on when this happened. So I, I, I don't know. Um, his last credited uh, movie of being a helicopter pilot was in a movie called Money Talks. And the, ones, the one right before that was The Long Kiss Goodnight. So maybe it was, uh, maybe it happened during one of those two movies. Don't know. And then the, the third member of the uh, Tamburo family is Tony Tamburo, which they don't have a listing of when he was born. And he was a pilot. He only has three three credits in all of IMDb. He was a pilot in Die Hard. He did stunts in 84C Mopic. Oh, I, I saw that movie, 84 Charlie Mopic. It was, it's a Vietnam uh, movie. Okay. And he was also a stuntman in uh, Pump Up the Volume. Um, so I don't know how he's related to uh, the other two. My guess is he's somebody's son and needed a summer job. Uh, could be. <laughs> it's very, very possible. Oh, wow. Money Talks was, was actually directed by Brett Ratner. Wow. That is... Uh, Money Talks. Is that a, a Wesley Snipes film? I'm trying to remember. Uh, no, it's Chris, Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. Okay. Chris Tucker. Oh, yeah. I, I think um, I'm thinking of Money Train. Right, Money Train was with Woody Harrelson yeah. and uh, yeah. and and Wesley Snipes in in '94. Uh, okay, that, that came out. 
Right. So, I mean, in IMDb for, for Money Talks, it doesn't mention anything about a uh, helicopter crash uh, in, in, uh, during production. So I, I don't really know, uh, you know, if that, how that, that fits in there. No, actually, it's possible that the helicopter crash didn't even happen in a movie. Right. You know, it doesn't say that if he was a helicopter pilot, it means he's flying all the time. So, uh, you know, it is possible that, I mean, unfortunately, there there are accidents, you know, even when people are in helicopters that are not being filmed yeah. in movies. So that 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 is possible here. Yeah, there's, in The Long Kiss Goodnight, I, I can't seem to find anything also that, uh, that references some sort of accident uh, happening along the way. It's clearly a family but, business, uh, the helicopter thing. Yes. Yeah, they know how to, they know how to fly their Hueys. <laughs> um, and at this point, the uh, uh, the credits continue, and uh, the the next credit that we get is a sole credit right in the middle, which says unit production manager, associate producer, uh, Bu E L Marks. You know, this is the first uh credit for somebody in this movie in the credits that that is actually you know a standalone credit where nobody else is uh listed along with them now do you know what the, the unit production manager does in the movie in the movie business well a unit production manager sounds like they are uh responsible for making sure that everything is on set that is needed for that particular scene uh, you are very close. So the, the unit production manager, which is known as the UPM, is the highest level below the line staff position. And they're responsible for the administration of the entire uh, movie or television production. Okay, some, some places refer to this as the production manager, not the unit production manager, or sometimes the production supervisor. They work closely with the line producer. And... Usually the senior producer is the one who um, will give the UPM a job, but sometimes they give them numerous jobs in different movies all at the same time. I mean, there's a lot of responsibility. It sounds like they're the logistics person. They're the one who makes sure that the helicopters show up, that the cameras are on on set, that uh, the actors have been uh, given their appropriate accommodations, just a bucket load of things that somebody – like that would yeah. be responsible for. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff they're responsible for. They basically, uh, according to this article that I was reading, it says that highly experienced UPMs bring great value to a project for their strategic and creative problem-solving skills. Yeah. These individuals will, will positively affect the film's budget as well as the final outcome of the quality of the film on multiple levels. Okay, because some of the things that they deal with, they're, they're in charge of preparing the breakdown and preliminary shooting schedule. They're, they prepare and coordinate the budget. Oversee preliminary search and survey of all locations and the completion of business arrangements for, for, for travel to all of those locations. Uh, assist in the preparation of the production to ensure uh, continuing efficiency. Supervise completion of the production report for each day's work, showing work covered in the status of the production and arrange for the distribution of that report in line with the company's requirements. Okay, basically, as you said, they're in charge of all the logistics. This is the logistics manager, basically. Um, they also deal with, uh, you know, the talent when they need to. If uh, someone wants a larger trailer and things like that, um, they they work with the with the accounting team, dealing with, uh, you know, trying to get uh, tax credits or rebates uh, that are needed and stuff like that. So 
I mean, the 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 guy who's listed here, Buell Marks, um, has a lot of credits here on IMDb. How many credits do you think is? Give a guess. Give a guess. Well, somebody at that level could be working on a you know, on maybe two shows a year if there's if they're working movies. Um, I, I, how about ninety? Okay, so he he has different credits. Obviously, he was either the second unit or assistant director in twenty different movies. Okay, uh, including in this movie and in. Uh, he he was the second second unit director in Die Hard and Predator, Hunt for October, uh, Judge Dredd. Okay, then he is a producer in eleven different movies, including this movie, including Predator, including uh, Judge Dredd, and Medicine Man, which was also he was the line producer in in Medicine Man, for um, which was also by McTiernan, and. I, ironically, in IMDb, he's not even listed here as the unit production manager. <laughs> he's just, you know, he's the uh, the assistant director or the uh, associate producer. So I guess, I guess here they just refer to him as the associate producer because the, the credit actually on in the movie is unit produce, production manager slash associate producer. So I, I understood that to be that he has two roles, you know, but apparently maybe it's the same role. That's just a different uh, way of referring to it. Could be, yeah. yeah. And then the, the the credits continue. We get uh, you know the different uh, people on the directing staff. So we have the first assistant director is Benjamin Rosenberg, who was the person that I mentioned earlier. You know, he was also a stuntman. So it's it's very interesting because the the I think if I remember correctly, I talked about this last season. The second unit director is usually the stunt director. You know, the action director. Yeah, that's pretty typical. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that that was his role, but he is also credited as, you know, a stuntman in this movie. I forget the name. I forget the name of the guy who I, I'm old man stuff. I'm forgetting these kinds of things who did the John Wick films. That's exactly how he started. He was the stunt coordinator, second unit director. And then, uh, you know, he, he uh, ended up. Uh, kind of ghost directing the first John Wick and I think he's done the second and the third ones himself. Oh wow. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So what's what's interesting is, is I mentioned that he's listed here as a stuntman. This is this is only credit in IMDb for a stuntman in Die Hard. So apparently, you know, they they must have had a a stunt where they just needed an extra person and they there said, "All know. right, we'll just take we'll just take the the first assistant director." You know, get over here. <laughs> Are you willing to get some squibs put on you? <laughs> exactly. Um, and then we, we continue going through uh, a whole bunch of other uh, credits here. We have the, uh, you know, the production associate, executive, art director, set director, um, assistant art directors. You know, they're, they're, these are all, uh, you know, very important uh, things in the movie. Do, do you know what an art director does in a movie? I know they're responsible for part of the look of the film, but they're not the production designer, and they probably have have to do with some of the lighting also. Um, okay, you're close. So the art director is 
is in charge of supervising and unifying the vision of an art of, of any artistic production. Okay, they're in charge of the overall visual appearance and how it communicates visually, stimulates moods, contrasts, features, and psychologically appeal to a target audience. Um, they make the decisions regarding visual elements and what artistic styles are supposed to be used uh, throughout the, the film. They are responsible for solidifying the vision of the collective imagination while resolving conflicting agendas and inconsistencies between various contributors' ideas. So basically, they're the, the buck and the buck stops by them. You know, different people can say, I don't want to do this, I want to do that. And they're the ones who make the final uh, decision. They work together with the production designer and the set director and the set designers, you know, in order to, to make sure that everything, you know, stays within line, within, you know, within budget, within the scheduling. And, you know, that, that everything goes according to the vision of what they want to do for the, for the, for, for this particular movie. Um, the term art director, how, how far back do you think it goes? When do you think the oh, first time that, someone used the term of art director in a movie? Oh, I'm sure it's in the 30s and maybe even earlier than that. Right. Okay. It was in 1914 uh, uh, by a man named Wilford, Wilfred Buckland. Um, and it was the title used to denote the head of the art department, which is why the Academy Awards at the beginning started with the award for best art direction. Okay, that now includes the set decorator. You know, there's a little anecdote from uh, what happened during Gone with the Wind that the that David O. Selznick decided that uh, his his art director William Cameron Menzies had such a significant role in the look of the film and the title of giving him just art director just wasn't sufficient. So he decided to to change the title to um, production designer. And this is the title that is commonly used as the title for the head of the art department uh, ever since, which uh, makes a lot of sense. There are a lot of small independent films that the, that the, the roles of either production designer or art director are synonymous and is pretty much the same thing. And sometimes you might have someone taking on both the roles because the production designer has other jobs also to, that, that they, they're in charge of along the way. So yeah, this 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 was enlightening to me to hear all these things. <laughs> um, do do you know anything else about art direction? Any? You have no, I have no artistic ambitions whatsoever, <laughs> so I don't really follow that very closely. I mean, I I I I, I did know the name William Cameron Menzies, and so, uh, but uh, I don't think I could name uh, a half dozen art directors or uh, production designers off the top of my head. I wish I could. Yeah, okay, that, that, that's fair. That's definitely fair enough. Um, and then the, the, the credits continue. And as they continue, we, we get uh, more of the under the line you know, positions. We, we see the, the, uh, the set designers and the set decorator and the you know, camera operators and stuff like that. And then we get something that I've always been fascinated by. It's the uh, script supervisor. Okay. Have, have you ever heard of that uh, position beforehand? Yeah. The script supervisor is the one who makes sure, first of all, there are always rewrites on movies. So you got to make sure that uh, the new pages get uh, to the actors. 
you also, it's a little bit, it's not quite the same thing as continuity, but when you're planning your film, uh, you've got to make sure that you've got the, uh, the setups synced with the uh, script that you're shooting at any particular point, and that's part of what the script supervisor is doing yeah, also. the script supervisor is definitely in charge of that. They are in charge of continuity, you know, and, you know, and I mean, there, there's, I found like seven or eight different uh, things that they're in charge of. Uh, I'll just quickly go through the names of them. I won't go into details as to what it is. They're in charge of continuity. They're in charge of access and eyelines, which basically means that they, they help set up the, the camera shots, you know, but what, what, what level things are supposed to be going from. Uh, they do something called slating, which they, the, the, um, meaning they take the, the, you know, after each each take of a particular film, they make sure to mark it down, and so that everyone knows, especially the editor later on, you know what is on this particular. Well, everybody's familiar with the slate, you know, right. the clapboard that has the scene mm-hmm. listed on it and uh, the sequencing and that sort of thing, and that would I assume yeah, be part of that. Definitely, can... yeah, yeah, yeah. What slate? I mean, is. there is. It says that 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 the, that the script survivor interacts with the clapper loader which is the second camera yeah. assistant, you know, uh, they're also in charge of the script, meaning that they have to make sure that they have the most current version of the script. So if the actor makes a change in the dialogue or the director wants something changed or, uh, something else happens along the way, you know, they're in charge of making sure to, to mark everything down because if, if it's not on the, um, you know, the roster of the, of this particular, you know, uh, of the script supervisor, then, uh, you know, it, it doesn't count. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, that, that is something that, uh, that, that is needed. They're also in charge of production reports, which means that the, at the end of the day, they have to, they, they have to write out a, a report as to the actual times of shooting and the different breaks and when they started and stopped shooting and stuff like that. I mean, this to me sounds like a really difficult job. You know, there's, there's, it's something you would give a low man on the totem pole to do, but it has to be someone that you can really trust because there's so much going on here. Yeah. You know, it's just, uh, I don't know that that's just crazy. Somebody who can multitask. Uh, Apparently. You know, you, you definitely need to multitask well. That is very true. And then they're also in charge of the editor's notes. Okay, where which means that at the end of each day, they have to compile the continuity logs for the day's shooting, as well as the relevant line script pages for the scenes that will be shot, uh, that were shot that day. Uh, they This is sent off to the editorial staff who helps, you know, later on. It helps them with the editing process and stuff like that. So other names for for the job of the script supervisor are the continuity clerk, the script reader, or the script girl. The reason it used to be known as a script girl is because, uh, you know, as it says at the beginning, it used to be a female who was given that job. It only only in the 1950s did they start giving that uh, job to uh, men. Also, I, I guess they just assume that women have a better idea of continuity than than men do. It was a secretarial position, and that's where they put the women. Uh, could be. That, that, that could be. Okay, what year do you think the first script supervisor was credited in a movie? Oh, that's got to be early also. 
1918, in the, in the film Arizona, there is a woman named Sarah Mason, who was the very first script supervisor. She actually invented the idea for the director, Albert Parker. And then, you know, we continue with a whole bunch of other aspects of, of the film. You know, you have the, the sound people, and then we have the, the property master and the weapon specialist. And then, then we get into to more of the makeup and costumes. You know, you have the uh, makeup supervisor and the hairstylist. And I love the fact that his hairstylist to Bruce Willis. Wouldn't it say Bruce Willis's hairstyle? I mean, like, does, does that make sense from a grammar perspective? He still had hair at that point. <laughs> I don't know. I just find it funny that they call him the hairstylist too. You know, it just doesn't. No, I, I think that that's. Uh, I, I'm not sure what the proper grammatical terminology is, but that I think that sounds pretty okay. standard. Okay. And then uh, you know we have the the people for the costumes. Once again, Bruce Willis. The costume. That's right. Bruce Willis Bruce has Willis. his own customer. <laughs> And then we, we have something known as the Musco Light Operators. Do you know what a Musco Light is? I have no idea what that so is. So they're basically the, the the lights that they use in stadiums and stuff like that. So they, they have four. Oh, those are the, then, then that's the scene where the, uh, yes. they're shooting at the that, lights. That's, that's my assumption also, that that's what they're talking about. Because Musco is actually the name of a company that makes these lights. Yeah. Um, okay. They, they, they have lit up, they, they, their lights have lit up Statue of Liberty and Mount Rushmore and things like that. And the, the company has also won an Oscar and an Emmy for the type of work that they do from technical standpoints. So that, that, that's pretty amazing also. And then, uh, you know, the credits continue with the, with the grips. So we have uh, the key grips, the best boy grips, the dolly grips, and then the regular grips. And basically this minute ends with, with two of the grips, you know, and, and, that's how, uh, that, that's all we have to say about this minute. <laughs> Richard, do you have anything to say about any of the other credits that we, that we might've skipped over along the way? Uh, well, I did, I did look up, uh, Michael, uh, Papik, who is the mm-hmm. armorer and, uh, he, he did, uh, Die Hard, Lethal Weapon 2, The Last Boy Scout, Con Air, True Ooh, shout out to Jay and Mark for coming here. Man on Fire and uh, Iron Man and you know uh, GI Joe. I, I I noticed that he did a Good Day to Die Hard and then didn't work again. I, I wonder years. why. <laughs> <laughs> but that he's been a regular uh, armor on a, a TV show SEAL Team that's going on. So he's got a lot of credits. And I always thought that uh, my son-in-law could be the uh, armorer on uh, a film set. I thought that would be really cool because he he knows a lot about guns. And I think that that would be an area of expertise that he could have made a career in. Uh, Didn't work out that way, but that's okay. Okay. (laughs) That's fair. All right. So every Thursday we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track where my guests will give a little story or anecdote about some sort of adventure or misadventure that they might have had at some point over their lives that's connected to a holiday. So, Richard, you have another story for us? Well, earlier in the week, I talked about uh, seeing movies on Christmas Day. And uh, one of the movies that uh, I mentioned, I mean, the first one that I mentioned first, was first uh, family. First Family. But one of the films that I saw on Christmas Day was a film that starred 
Ooh. Alan Rickman. And uh, it opened, it was supposed to be a, uh, uh, they sold it as a kid's picture instead of the kind of parody that it was. And it wasn't as successful at the box office as it should have been, but it is hugely popular now. It has a huge cult following, and it's another one of those. I think I, t I said it's a perfect Galaxy movie, Quest. and that's Galaxy mm -hmm. Quest. Um, and uh, if you uh, are interested in the movie Galaxy Quest, there's a terrific documentary uh, that was made by fans called Never Give Up, Never Surrender. And uh, the back of my head makes an appearance really? in that oh, movie. Wow. Yes. <laughs> we went down to a special screening of the movie where they had all of the actors that were available uh, to participate and, and the director and uh, the screenwriters and, and that sort of thing. And they talked extensively about it. And most of that interview ends up in the movie, plus a lot of the characters. But that was a big sequence in the film. And uh, you can catch me in the scene wearing my Hawaiian shirt and exposing my uh, bald spot. Oh, wow. I'll have to take a look at that because it's a movie that I've been meaning to watch for a while. So now, now I have more of a reason to, to go take a look at it. I wanted to, I wanted to rewatch. I mostly see it. Standing That's right. I wanted to rewatch uh, galaxy <laughs> quest first. So, you know, so you recommend I watch the yes. movie again first or go to the documentary first? Yeah. No, I, I always recommend that you watch galaxy quest. In fact, if there's ever a time when you're saying, what should I watch? The answer is always galaxy quest. No, it's usually diehard, but okay. That's for this season. It's diehard. How's that? <laughs> Last season, I would have had a different answer for you. <laughs> yes, there you are. All right, great. So, Richard, you want to tell people how they can get in touch with you? Uh, you can reach me at uh, the Large Association of Movie Blogs page. Uh, the site is largeassmovieblogs.com. Uh, that's our, our community of uh, movie bloggers. I am the host of Lambcast, and uh, if you contact me there, that's fine. Uh, you can also reach me at my own sites, Kirkham Movie A Day. Uh, KirkhamMovieAday.com is the WordPress site, and KirkhamClass.com blogspot.com is the uh, blogspot site. Uh, there's a lot of content on both of those sites. It's basically the same content, although it's a little bit easier to navigate on the um, blogspot page. So, uh, and if, like I said, if you Google my name online, it's easy to find most of the movie references will be to me. Okay, great. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Rob Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. Or you can go directly to my website, MovieRobMinute.com. So, Richard, you feel like coming back one more time to finish up uh, this? Well, actually, you're not even going to finish up this week because we're going to have two special episodes on Saturday and Sunday. But to finish up this uh, weekday edition of the, the final week of, of this show. Yeah, I'll I'll be happy to do that. Uh, although we're we're to the point where there, what we're talking about is a lot of minutia at this point when it comes to the credits, and uh, I don't have a lot to add about those things. <laughs> no, it's so, fun talking to you. You know, tomorrow may be the shortest episode of uh, your whole show sequence. <laughs> well, we'll just have the opening and closing, and that'll be it. <laughs> okay. All right. So, but I understand you've got a surprise for us, too. Yeah. Well, yes. Yes. Well, we'll have a little uh, heated discussion. How's that? Okay. <laughs> All right. So until tomorrow, yippee-ki-yay. Yippee-ki-yay, everybody.